You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Ahoy, Bucks fans! Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight and entertainment three times a week. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We've got brand new episodes for you, so be sure to conveniently download that Odyssey app. Search Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Hit that auto-download button so that you have all these fun new episodes just sitting there waiting for you when you are ready. And other good news, guys, you can stream it on any of your favorite platforms. So share it with friends, families, other Bucks fans, or just football fans in general. I am Casey Hudson, joined by my co-host Kaylee Mizell, and it is time for us to sail into a brand new episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Good morning, Kaylee. I know that Good I just explained you guys that I'm under-caffeinated, <laughs> insomniatic, and feeling the hump day-ness of life. Yeah, but. It is, it, yeah, it is a hump. It's a weird week because the Bucks played on Sunday, and so normally we would have like a podcast on Sunday night and then on right. Tuesday and Thursday to bring you episodes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But this week we brought you episodes Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. That's the plan. So it just throws everything off. I think we're recording like three days in a row, which is great because I get to see you a lot, Casey. However, uh, yeah, just it's like it's a it's a little bit of a weird week. I do have to call you out on something. Your ahoy was like it. I think that your ahoy replicated. (laughs) Yeah, it replicated the game. Is that fair to say? No, that's yeah. We promise we'll always be honest here. So that is that is beyond fair. And the thing is, is that it's true. I feel like yeah. the game. Like I'm hoping that I have a fourth quarter, come 27 back. second comeback today, but I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> it's just that it, it's that holiday slump meets life meets work. You know, yeah. like I want to sit down and watch a cheesy Hallmark movie, yet we have 50,000 things to do for work. Bad. And then you got to put life in between that. And then somebody, I think I said this yesterday, and somebody's like, but isn't your life and your friends and your family your Hallmark movie? I'm like, no, no, they're not. I love them. <laughs> they are not that cheesy feel-good I need right now. They're feel-good. <laughs> yeah. I, if, if your life is a Hallmark movie, God bless you. Like, right. Like, congratulations. That's a yeah, that's uh, a lot of fireworks. I'm so proud of of all the things that's but, uh, yeah <laughs> seriously congratulations if your life is a hallmark movie i don't know anyone who whose life is a hallmark movie uh let alone my own wait you, you have maybe hallmark movie moments Moment. look at the bucks game the other day right there's moments that right. are hallmark exciting movie-esque but 
generally speaking, you're, we're not all living in a Hallmark movie all no. of the time. It there's a there's real life stuff that happens, and we are here in it with you. We are literally in the trenches with you. We understand. So, even though it's a little bit of a weird week, Casey, we have some exciting things to get into, and part of that exciting thing is treasure takeaway. So we're starting off the day with some exciting stuff. But do we need? Do we have any news and notes that we need to get to before treasure takeaways? Um, we do. We do have some news and notes. We do, we do. So the biggest thing, well, some people will realize how big this is, especially anyone that follows us on Twitter. Other people might be like, that's your big news. But yes, guys, stay with me. Um, Jalen Darden, the designated mm -hmm. punt returner, has actually been waived, which was a surprise. Um, yep. Because he, again, he was their main go-to. There was a high competition with Devin Tompkins, um, Scotty Miller, Rashad White, as well as Jalen Darden in training camp. And then they slowly chipped it away to make it Darden's Darden's position. So him getting waived is surprising. Um, yeah. Am I a fan of the waving? Yes. Nothing personal against Darden, but especially as somebody who initially started in football in college and Kaylee, I'm sure you can back this up. Your, your kickoff returner, your punt returner should be able to get more than like a lousy 10, 12, 15 yards every time they yeah. catch the ball. You also yeah, well, and there's been some mistakes that have happened. Special team. I mean, we haven't like gone a full deep dive on special teams, but mm -hmm. it's not been consistent. It has not been consistently like good. Um, no, and, it, and, it, and, it, and in fact, there's been times where it's been not good, like kind of bad. Um, there's been some like pretty big hiccups and errors at times. Uh, not all to be blamed on Darden, but right. enough. And I think it's a combination of two things, Casey. I think it's a combination of not seeing enough in Darden. And mm -hmm. we, we've seen like the emergence and the reemergence of Scotty Miller a little bit. And so I think that now, because Scotty Miller is listed as Jalen Darden's backup. So mm -hmm. it is, you know, like we're pretty sure that he's going to be the guy who's going to be doing the punt returns now. And I think that Scotty Miller feels a little bit more like himself. Like we didn't see a normal Scotty Miller at the beginning of the season. Maybe it just took him some time, but he's now he's starting to feel a little bit like we're starting to see the Scotty Miller again. Like we're starting mm -hmm. to see him do him. And I think putting him on punt return will just continue to give him more confidence so that when he is in the game when he is, um, you know, in, in the slot that he, he's going to also feel confident and be able to do something. So yeah. I actually like the move more so for that reason, for giving Scotty Miller the confidence yeah. than like I necessarily care about like letting Dart and go. Right. And like you make another great point with bringing Scotty Miller into it, because the other thing is that when you look at the depth in this wide receiver room. Jalen Darden kind of only being able to contribute on punt return isn't helping them with the rotation in the middle of a game. It doesn't seem like they really trust him at that wide receiver spot specifically. So whenever they've thrown him into games, you know, did he do a few things this season? Yes, but it was like, all right, this is our last chance. It was like last chance to be throwing him in there. So at that point, now that you're using Scotty more, why not have him on punt return? Or the other thing is, is that Bucks still have Tyler Johnson, rookie Kalen Geiger, and Devin Tompkins on practice squad, and they can elevate any of them in Darden's spot. So Scotty Miller was already in that, you know, active roster spot. With Darden out, they can bring up one other guy, 
well, a lot of people felt some type of way about Tyler Johnson being released because he had a heck of a training camp. And then all of a sudden it was like, oops, thank you for your time. It was not enough. So he's kind of got this chip on his shoulder and could potentially have some a slight revenge tour. That would be fantastic and timely for this I'd team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then that's another guy that they can have leveled up while they have Scotty handled, you know, the the punt return position. Or Devin Tompkins actually did pretty good too. So they've got two solid options there that they can consistently rely on. Geiger's still getting his legs underneath him, but still another viable option. Um, I like the move a lot. I would like to see how this is going to translate to the wide receiver active roster and what they plan on doing with this move, because that means you're going to alleviate Mike Evans a little bit, even though he wasn't used enough versus the Saints. You're going to alleviate Chris Godwin a little bit, who's been your clutch guy. You're going to alleviate uh, Julio Jones, which you're not setting him up by, for success because the only thing they've done for Julio Jones is those deep throws over and over and over yeah. again. And then you move down the line and then you've got Scotty Miller, who's like your emergency button. And then now who's the next guy up? I'm sure we'll get yeah. into all. But yes, that was that was the big news. My whole my whole rant. Obviously, I have an <laughs> opinion <laughs> on this wide receiving room. Well, well, let's get it. Let's uh, well, do you want to wait for treasure takeaways? You're going to get into it now. Um, I'll wait for treasure takeaways. Okay. Well, I want to mention one other thing and it's, this feels more newsworthy than treasure takeaways because we've been, we've kind of, I don't think we've over scrutinized what Todd Bowles says, because I think there's times where he's shot himself in the foot with what Mm -hmm. he said. Um, but Todd Bowles had his press conference yesterday and when asked about like the tight games, he kind of, he kind of did what we have seen him do up to this point, which is kind of doubled down. Right. And he said, um, you know, you're not going to blow a lot of people out in the NFL quote. We won a lot of close games when we won the Super Bowl as well. Every year it's going to come down to a score or two. You've got to pay attention to the details and the ball game. Casey, I don't know how I feel about it. Like I agree to an extent you're all elite athletes performing, but the, the thing about the NFL, so I grew up on college football and I mm-hmm. loved college football and I didn't always like appreciate the NFL for what it was growing up because I loved college football and and it's and it's a totally different strategy. The way that you play the game is different. In college yeah. football, it's just about like kind of who has the best talent, who's going to be the best recruiter. It's not necessarily as strategic as it is Who's got the, you know, 200 pound guy that's going to go out there and, you know, run and tackle and like be an insane per like who has that guy? Who's a better recruiter? And you've mm-hmm. kind of seen that. Nick Saban is a very good recruiter. Um, you see what they're doing at Georgia. Very good recruiter, right? That's the college football world. Whenever I started appreciating the NFL was These are all elite athletes. These are all the best of the best. This is like the 1%. And so what can give you the edge over another team? What's the, what's the little tick? Some of it is talent, but more so than talent, Casey, it is the head coach, the strategy, the system, which you're putting people in. That is what gives teams the edge. Bill Belichick, Sean Payton. Like you look at these really big famous coaches who have had success for a long time. Mm -hmm. Why are they better than the other guy? 
because they're more strategic. It's a chess match because sure. you're all playing with similar-ish pieces. So mm -hmm. you have to just be smarter, more strategic than the other person. So I think because I think that in the NFL, a lot of it comes down to strategy and coaching and how you're going to anticipate and adjust versus your opponent. I think that is the reason why I don't necessarily like that answer because as yeah. a head coach, I don't want to hear you say, well, we're just like, just accept the fact, Oh, we're just going to play in tight games. It's just how it is. Like, no, yeah. I want you to be confident in your own self, in your own strategy. I want you to say like, no, our, our goal every single time we step on the field is to go and like crush the other mm -hmm. team. Like I want to pulverize them. Yeah. That should be your mentality. The week leading up to playing a game, like all of the coaches should be studying film, should be getting ready, preparing mm -hmm. and strategically thinking, how are we going to demolish that opponent? I don't see that in Todd Bowles. Like I want, I want like, a, oh, I want a confident guy that's going to like go out like I I want you I want you to use the words pulverize and demolish like I want you to go out there and kill the other team I don't see that from Todd Bowles at all and the fact yeah. that he's just like reside reside to be like oh it's gonna be a close game every week it's like it doesn't have to be it doesn't have it's a to cop be out. it's a cop-out that's how I look at it it's a complete cop-out because you're right Kaylee if you also look at great coaches and them not having the best team at hand, but still making this, you know, games exciting and pulling off these, these records. Like for instance, the biggest question when Tom Brady and Gronk and all these guys left the Patriots was, well, what's going to be of the Patriots, Bill Belichick's of the Patriots. And while you maybe yeah. know two names on that roster, are they still in games? Are they still out here performing? They're still out here yes, doing things. Some people have their own personal opinion about Bill Belichick and the Patriots, so I'll do you one better. I think the world of Pete Carroll. I think that it should be constantly talked about what Pete Carroll does in the Seahawks organization. You give him an offense that's a dumpster fire, and he somehow still makes something work. You give him a young defense that's unhealthy, and he still makes something work. Geno Smith isn't going off because Geno Smith was this hidden gem his entire career he wasn't being utilized correctly he didn't have the right person speaking into his life and extracting that gold out of him Pete Carroll happened to do it so it is the coach it is whatever kind of gumption and motivation and inspiration and relatability a coach has Andy Reid the Chiefs haven't always been this fantastic team to talk about but they've always kind of been in it in some way or another yep. even before Patrick Mahomes and then I'm gonna go as far to say Bruce Arians with the Cardinals because no guys I didn't know who Bruce Arians was when he put on uh Bucks polo I've been watching this guy since he was over there at the Cardinals so mm -hmm. it's all about how you take that extra time and that's why they say like you think of the life of an athlete is exhausting and you know, has a lot oh going God. on. No, it's the life of a coach. Talk to the wife of a coach and understand what she has to go through and stand by in order to let a team flourish and be successful. It's taking that extra time to know your players, to know how to reach the gold in them so that you can have that translate to the field. And the thing is, while I think Coach Bowles has good qualities, great qualities, he's much better as a defensive coordinator than he is a head coach because I don't think that he has the capacity to sit there and identify with each player specifically, find a way to put all the pieces together and execute. Because you don't just sit here and say, oh, we've been in a lot of tight games and that's that. 
if you were in these two-minute drills without Tom Brady, it'd be a different conversation, number one. Number two, you're not in tight, exciting games where it's back and forth. They score, you score, they score, you score. No, it's you completely giving up the entire game and then deciding in the end of the fourth quarter, all right, let's dial this up just a notch. Like, there's a complete difference in those tight wins. There's a dumpster fire tight win, which the Bucks are doing, and then there's this exciting game that's like, oh, my gosh, there's just so much – strategy in this he just out matched him he just out yeah. matched him oh crap look at him overplay that like that excitement yeah. it doesn't exist no. until that two minutes and to continue on that point whenever you wait for that long sometimes it works out against the saints and sometimes it doesn't work out look at the browns game Right? right. Like it's a perfect example. Like the Bucks tried to dial it up at the end of the Browns game and it mm -hmm. didn't work out. It didn't work yep. out that game. And it just so happened to work out in the Saints game. And again, that's just not putting yourself and your team in the best position. I don't. Yeah. You're not I always going to have a fifth quarter. You're not always going to have a fifth quarter and you can't strategize for a fifth quarter because you're going to lose. Yeah. I love you use the word gumption. And I love that because I think that's something that you have to have. We talked earlier on the podcast, like earlier in this season about what makes Tom Brady so good. Mm -hmm. And I heard, I heard um, Colin Coward and, and he had a really good take on this. And, and I think I agree with him. He said, you know, it's not that he's so much more talented than everyone else. It's that he's worked harder. He has dedicated his entire life to this thing. He he won't drink a beer during the regular season. He his diet, his workout regimen, the, the way that he treats his brain, the mindfulness, like everything in his life is about being the very okay, I'll do you one better. Look at Andrew Luck. I just listened to this podcast last night on Andrew Luck and and how he's like what he what he's been doing, why he stepped away from the game of football. Right. And he was saying that like everything in his life was dedicated to being the very best. He literally, Casey, um, like he he had like an architecture major. Uh, he built his own house to be the perfect house for a quarterback. Like that's as you know what I mean. Like whenever wow. he went out to eat with people, he would order for everyone because he just oh like gosh. was in control of the situation and was just like, this is what we're doing. Like I'm the quarterback. I make the decisions. I like, you know, run through everything. Like it's his entire life was dedicated to being a quarterback. Mm -hmm. That's what makes someone great. That's the difference between like good, really, really good natural yep. talent and like greatness go. It's the people who spend the time. I mean, you look at anybody, look at Michael Jordan, look at LeBron James. Like you can use small any details. of these elite athletes. Exactly. Small details. It's the continuation. It's the repetition. It is the want, the drive, the gumption to mm -hmm. be the best and dedicating everything you have to that end. Yep. I don't, I don't see that as a head coach in Todd Bowles. And no. that doesn't mean that he can't be good. Yeah, but he but might is he gonna be, be Bill Belichick, probably as not defensive coordinator because taking yeah. on that extra mental activity, that extra layer, it, it just it it might not be suitable. And not because he's not smart. 
I think no. the big thing with Coach Bowles is the fact that like he's maybe a little too passive and not aggressive in the areas where he needs to be like, this is what's happening. This is what we're taking accountability for. This is how it has to go. I'm not seeing the confidence behind decision making. And we've talked about how things translate from the head all the way down. You know, we're seeing players make mistakes that they shouldn't be making in their fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, twelfth season in the league. Why are they all of a sudden doing that? Yeah, it's not all health related. I can tell you that. So I think sometimes that that energy starts to translate. I'm a firm believer of that. When you have a head coach, it's like you better find your confidence and go out there and make it happen. Versus like, you know, if you think that you can do it, then go do it. It's like a parent, you know. If you if your parent was like fired up for you to go do something, you're gonna go out there with your head that much higher, being like, all right, I'm gonna do this. Or if you yeah. have a parent that's like, you know, if you wanna do it do it. If you don't want to do it, don't, then you're going to be sitting there in confusion. Like, well, can I do it? Like, yeah, do should you I do it? Do this? Like, what? Yeah. Over processing something, it takes away from the initial reaction of something. And, and so I just, I think that, that coach Bowles just lacks that extra punch. That's probably needed as a head coach at this level. And like you said, it comes down to the small details. And if you can't even take accountability for the small details, then on the grand scheme of things, you're not sitting there saying, the talent on this roster should be blowing out teams. That's why I think it's yeah. kind of insulting to sit there and be like, oh, we're going to play in tight games. That's just the the way of this league. It's also kind of ridiculous to say when you've got the Bills blowing people out, the Dolphins blowing people out, the Eagles blowing people out, the Titans showing up at random moments to blow people out, the Colts having blowouts. Like You've got all these teams that have fractured rosters potting up numbers. Yep. And then one of the most talented rosters in the league struggles to break 20 points. I mean, yeah. for weeks we were talking about this team not being able to find the end zone past one or two touchdowns, let alone three. Oh my gosh. It's a it's a rainy, it's a it's a heyday in Tampa Bay if this team puts up more than three touchdowns. That shouldn't be that shouldn't be the milestone. It's that yeah. feels low. That feels like a low expectation for such a talented roster. And a waste of yeah. time. No, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Um, and I, I, this isn't to just like go all in on Todd Bowles. I just, I, I, I have so much respect for him as a person and as a coach. Mm -hmm. I, but I have to also call it as I see it. And Casey, I just, I don't see it as a head coach for him. Um, at least not right now. I could be wrong. He, I would yeah. love to be proven wrong. I would love to be proven wrong, please. Yeah. Prove me wrong. Um, but Casey, getting into the actual game, we uh, we went pretty hard on the offense in our initial review of the game. And so I I do want to, in our treasure takeaways, really, because we, we talked a little bit about the defense, but we kind of like went past them f fairly quickly um, because, there wasn't very many, because there wasn't very many issues. <laughs> yeah. But I do want to, in our treasure takeaway segment, shine a little bit more of a spotlight on this defense and, uh, and, and, and what they did. Um, and specifically, I want to, to look at uh, your standout player from the other night. And that's Keanu Neal. Um, was he your standout? Or he was your honorable, he was mention. honorable mention. Yeah. Okay. He was your honorable mention. I re uh, truly, and I said this a few, uh, a few times the other night, this offense would not have been in this game if it weren't for, if it weren't for, you know, the defense. Um, and, you know, you have a few d different guys who came up big 
in big moments. And so just wanting mm-hmm. to, to, sh- to really fully shine a light on Keanu Neal, because when, when the pass fell incomplete, when the saints were on third and 17, mm-hmm. um, there was less than three minutes in the game. They just needed a first down and then they could basically just like wear down the clock. Um, Taysom Hill, it seemed like the perfect catch. It seemed like it was going to, and he kind of did catch the ball at first, right? Like, and then Keanu Neal came in and gosh, what a hard hitter he is. Like one of the hardest hitters, most like violent hitters in the NFL comes in, just lays in on Taysom Hill. He drops the ball Mm -hmm. and incomplete pass. What a huge moment that is. And you can see it on yeah. Andy Dalton's face, like right after, like, <laughs> no, because that really, I mean, it was a perfect throw by him. It was a great, it was an, an initial good that catch by Hill. Yeah. Right. It was like an initial good connection. And the mm-hmm. only reason it got broken up is because of Keanu Neal. And yep. that put this team in a place to be able to win the game. So, again, like my treasure takeaway in general is just on for this defense, like the defense continued to come up in big moments Mm -hmm. to put this team in a position to win. Um, and just, just really proud of them for that and proud of them for the adjustments that they made. You know, that that conversation, that dinner that they had was, uh, was very beneficial. And we've we've given this secondary a hard time, Casey, at times. We've said, like, mm-hmm. we want to see more turnovers. We want to see this. We want to see this. But this secondary, they they played really well considering. And um, and I think again, I think that they they put this team in a position to be able to to be able to win the ball game. Um this team won the ball game. The offense was able to have some extra time to be able to get some stuff done because of the defense and how stout the defense played. Yeah. I mean, definitely agreeing with the fact that this defense adjusted because after they had, you know, not so great moments, they were able to kind of keep their head on straight and stay in it. Um, Cause unfortunately Carlton Davis wasn't having his best night. Jamil Dean had some blown coverages. Like you can kind of go down the line and pick out, pinpoint mistakes that were untimely but it's the fact of them being a little bit more relentless like we talked about on the last uh episode of Jolly Rogers and touchdowns it was them having that my friends call it a duck back you know let things roll off your back it just popped into my mind that's so um, cute I love, I'm gonna that's definitely so take that yeah your that's, friends have like the cutest expressions case just a side they really do. You have, they really you do. have some fun expressions duck back okay I and, like that of all people, it's Adrian that always tells me that, especially within this career. So what I liked is that the defense had a bit of a duck back because even after those blown coverages, you know, they came back and they realized they still had a job to do and they couldn't Mm -hmm. mentally tap out. Um, So agree definitely with that. What I will say my takeaway is um, kind of building on that is this team as a whole has to stop playing like there's a fifth quarter. Um, Yeah. You don't, you're, you you can't put extra time on the clock. The game has been the game. The clock has been the clock. And dialing things up at the last minute, while that might be an adrenaline rush, might, while that might make you feel confident in different aspects, like you're at a point in the season where that's not enough anymore. And yeah, they might have pulled off a W, but 
you know, if defense did not get them the ball back and manage that last two minutes and 47 seconds the way that they did in the fourth quarter, a different conversation would be happening right now. And I know some people are like, don't harp. You know, I'm not harping. I'm just saying they're facing the 49ers this week. You think the 49ers are going to allow them to have that kind of clock, you know, that that clock management and, uh, you know, no. success that late in the fourth quarter? Probably not. The Bengals, like they just gave the Chiefs a run for their money. The Chiefs that beat you on your home territory, you're not going to have that luxury. So the reality of it is that they're they're going to get through this season. But why just get through the season? Why just get by? That's always feeling that always feels cheap to me. Yeah. So, yeah, my biggest takeaway from the season as a whole and the last couple of games, but specifically this one is that like, you got to stop playing. Like there's a fifth quarter. You got to stop. And playing I wonder, I wonder why mistakes. I wonder why they do that. Casey. Like I, I, I want the sports psychologist for the bucks to go in and start asking these guys some hard questions because so mm-hmm. I, um, like in like studying like mindfulness and a few things like, I had somebody ask me, I can, I can be a little bit of an adrenaline junkie and I can sometimes like I can procrastinate because I mm-hmm. like the stress. Sometimes I like to put myself and knowing in you can do it. and knowing that I can do it and living up to that moment gives me like this, like serotonin boost. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of just like being prepared, maybe sometimes the way I should have been, I'm like living off of this like adrenaline and serotonin back and forth. But that's Mm -hmm. not a healthy way to live. That's like literally that's how you get burnt out. Like that's how burnout happens is if you're just constantly living off this adrenaline boost. And so Mm -hmm. I remember somebody saying to me like, why do you always wait until your gas is like less than a quarter of a tank or you're running on empty or (laughs) gas lights on to fill up? And I was like, I don't know. I just like, it just doesn't seem like there's like, I have time or whatever. And then I make right. time whenever I need it or whatever. And they were like, I think it's actually because you like the adrenaline mm-hmm. of like, can I make it? Can I make it to the gas station? Like, Ooh, this is like a kind of nerve wracking or you maybe, maybe you do it cause you're broke. I've had a few of those seasons. Like you're <laughs> like, Oh, I need to, this I need to like get me through one more day, this, <laughs> make this last. <laughs> But that's the question to ask yourself, like why? And I, and I want the sports psychologist to ask the Bucks players, these questions, why, why, mm-hmm. why are you waiting until the last minute? Like, are you living off of this adrenaline? Are you being an adrenaline junkie? Because yeah. if so, like, this is not the place to go skydive, be an adrenaline junkie somewhere else on the football else. field, not the place to be an adrenaline junkie. Don't yeah. do it. It's not going to put you in a position to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is something about this team that I think that they are feeding off of that. They're feeding off of the fuel of, well, we had ourselves in a really bad situation, but we overcame it and like, look at yeah. us and that's awesome. And there might be a little bit of this like adrenaline serotonin back and forth that they're like living off of because it makes you feel good, but also wonder- it rips your soul out whenever you lose. Like they said the other day. So what if what, what if this team's having like a midlife crisis? <laughs> Just think about the veteran presence on this roster and what that adrenaline rush might do for them. Like I think I think we're watching this team buy a motorcycle because 
I know for me, I used to think it was cute because my mom used to give me kudos for like thriving. My Here's the thing. I have two older sisters and an older brother that, that we adopted when I was like 14. So I've got three siblings, but I'm the only person that can manage stress very logically, very quickly, and then have my freak out after. So Mm -hmm. my mom has always been like, you know, kudos to you. You thrive under pressure. You thrive, you thrive. And that's been very similar to you. Like I'll procrastinate and get things done last minute. And then it'll be like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I just did that. And then it feels, there's this high to it because it's like you counted yourself out and you got it done. So I understand the high of it, but in the same sense, it's like, uh, how many times do you have to do it? Like you can only buy one motorcycle and then say you get the motorcycle and then you get the sports car. So now you got the motorcycle. Now you got the Porsche. What else do you need guys? Like now at this point, it feels like a midlife crisis because the excitement after these games, here's another example. So people don't think I'm an absolute lunatic. No, I love this analogy. I think it's perfect because I I agree with it. I think that this team is going through a midlife crisis. Right. Like just look at the veteran presence and like look at the excitement that they have when they pull off these tight games where they completely gave up the first three quarters and decided to show up at the end there. If you talked to, perfect example, last night the Lightning lost to the team that they played. But if they would have done certain things differently and had a tight win, somebody asked Braden Point, would you, would you be happy? Would you still, still feel better? And he was like, no. And we've seen so many press conferences in hockey where like they've pulled off these ugly, weird, funky last minute, 20 second left wins. And their faces are like, let's get this over with. That was garbage. And you're like, but you got the W and they don't care. No, this team has celebrated these 27 second, 38 second W's like they already won the Super Bowl. Like that's the most cheese you see out of Tom Brady for the week because he knows how to do the 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 the, the two minutes. That awesome, man. Right. Like, right. Just like that. Exactly yeah. how we drew it up. Like and I love it. I love seeing that. But it's just like. So when we get string together on that. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, between what you said and everything else that I feel like we're discovering here, the Bucks are having a midlife crisis. And maybe are. this is what a therapist is like, hey, guys, let's to- stop buying the motorcycles hey. and the cars and <laughs> call up the sports psychologist, sit down, and hitting have a little year old women and like, let's get back in our Free. in our career. Yeah, exactly. I, I do. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I don't think there's anything else we can add in treasure takeaways, Casey. I love it. This team is going through a midlife crisis. They need to get out of it. You can't just be an adrenaline junkie your whole life. Casey, with the win, I'm wondering, what do you think? Do you think the Bucks moved up in the power rankings, down in the power rankings, or stayed the same? I would almost think stayed the same because the NFC South is obviously just kind of like tough to watch right now. Then after the Bucks won on Sunday, all I saw was a bunch of tweets of people being like, I wish the Falcons um, were better so that they, because they like deserve to sit at the top more than any other team. And I couldn't exactly go against that because they're at least a little bit more exciting to watch. So I feel like because of what the NFC South looks like right now, maybe if they did, they went up one spot, but they should just stay where they're at. Because who knows what's going to happen this weekend. 
ding, 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 ding. You got it right. On the ESPN rankings, the Bucks were number 16 last week. They are number 16 again this week with a six and six record. And I think it's fair. Again, yeah. I think it's I think that that's a fair ranking considering everything that we're not biased in midlife crises. So (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Uh, Going through the top 10, uh, we've got the Eagles at number one, the Chiefs at number two, the Bills at number three, Cowboys coming in number four, Vikings five, Dolphins six, 49ers, who the Bucks played this week at number seven. The Bengals, who the Bucks play after that at number eight, the Ravens at nine, and the Seahawks at 10. Seahawks jumping up from the 14th spot all the way into number 10. Um, So just an interesting look there. The next two tests for this team are going to be tough. The fact that you're going out to San Francisco, facing the 49ers, facing Christian McCaffrey, um, and the ground game that this 49ers team can do. The 49ers are feeling really good about themselves right now. Yeah, even so, without Jimmy Garoppolo, who looks like he can make a comeback in seven to eight weeks, which puts him in playoff position. But then it's Brody, something with a P, that's going to be the third string quarterback helping out this team, which Kaylee and I will obviously get into on the next episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Yep, yep, for sure we will. Um, I, we, a few weeks ago, we talked about the schedule. We were coming off of a win. And so we were feeling good about the bucks and we were saying, Hey, it seems like maybe there can be something good here. Um, and maybe they can get out of the rest of the schedule with just two losses. And, um, I don't know. I don't know. Cause they've already lost one of those games Yeah, and it was against the Browns and I was hoping that that wasn't going to happen. Um, so we'll see. I think that the games, I think that the Bengals game is a little bit more winnable than the 49ers, but, uh, but we will see a little bit more Casey sailing into the South. Not much has changed. No, the bucks are still leading the at 500. <laughs> Six and six. The Falcons lost again, so they're five and eight. Mm-hmm. Panthers are four and eight. And then with this with the Bucks win over the Saints, they're now four and nine. So it's still, I mean, it's like by the hair of their chinny chin chin, honestly. Like, yes. I've never my 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 siblings and I joke about this. Like my mom has one of the strongest grips we've ever in, encountered in our life. <laughs> And so like jokingly because of the content we throw up because my mom was such a goofball. I'm sure anybody that follows me sees the the things that I blackmail my mom with on social media. But <laughs> the bucks the bucks are pulling a norv. They're just hanging in there by like the grip of like the tiniest two little fingers just hanging yep. at the top of the NFC South. Like Kudos they, to you. I mean, they're controlling it right now, but like you said, it is a barely hanging on type situation. You want to mm-hmm. put yourself you are going to have, you know, if you continue at this rate and you win your division, you're going to host, you're going to host yeah. a wild card team. You have some tough tests coming up with the 49ers and the Bengals. Use those tests and see where you're at. Give it your all and truly see where you're at. Because the last thing you want to do is be embarrassed in hosting a wild card team that right. probably is going to have a better record than you. Um, 
Yeah. You don't want to embarrass yourselves at home in that situation. So use these next two games as a testing ground, get some things together and and hopefully move forward. We've heard from the team a lot about moving forward this season. I would love to see the offense have a dinner together, hear about it. um, Right. Why are they avoiding hanging out? Yeah, I'd love to hear have a pool party. I don't care. Go listen to Low Cash on Friday. Hang right. out with the bikes. Like do the well, maybe not on Friday because you're gonna be traveling, but like do something together. Be a team. Go for have a, a TV conversation. Yeah, something. Maybe all go to the psychologist together, you know, <laughs> and, and 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 talk and talk about your midlife crises. Um, but something needs to happen. Casey. Um, I kind of got a little bit of fire off my chest earlier in this podcast. My walk the planks are probably pretty similar to what they were the other day. Do yeah. you have a walk the plank that you are dying to get out? <laughs> I feel like I said it. Like I kind of said it too. The, yeah. Like it, if I had to be specific and if nobody picked up on it, my walk the plank is this midlife crisis. Like we get it. We got it. Like you don't need another bike. You don't need another car. You don't need another anything. It, it's time to just come back down to earth and be like, all right, what does the next 10 weeks look like? What does the next four weeks look like? Whatever the case may be, because it's very, I want to say that it's predictable on how this is going to play out, but there's a part of me that still feels like there's slightly, you know, some unpredictability to this. They might have a little bit of wiggle room to turn a page here but that could be the ultimate optimist in me whether i'm caffeinated or it's a wild hump day or not yes guys i still have a positivity to my to my mentality here but um yeah my walk the plank is it's time to it's time to get past this midlife crisis it's time to just be honest you're not putting on a sh- like you're not doing anything for anybody else by lying to yourselves that you're being accountable or that you're having conversations or that you're turning the page or doing the right thing like at this point, you're lying to yourselves and you're hurting your team, your organization in this season even further. So screw the media. They just need to have a real conversation. So that's, yep. I guess, technically my walk the plank is like, if you can't at, you know, this level, this professionalism, sit down and have a real conversation about what needs to happen and how it needs to happen. Jalen Darden being waived is like the least of your problems. There needs to be other things that take place like today. Yep. hundred percent. My walk the plank Again, it's kind of what I said. I think this team needs to have a little bit more gumption. I want to see more fight in this team top down from Todd Bowles all the way to, you know, the, the, the number three backup, right? Like I want to see everyone, like, I want you to want it. Yeah. You need to want to win more than you, more than what I'm seeing so far. And more than you want the adrenaline rush, you know, like counting on the end of that situation to pull you through. That's not going to, that's no longer going to work. I don't know. Not at all. So I want to see more gumption. I want to see more fight. I want to see more determination. I just want to see more grit from this team. I Mm -hmm. want to see them confident. Like seriously, like I want to, I want to hear them say words like we're going to go pulverize this team. We're going to go crush this team. Like our mindset is to like go and like freaking break their necks. Like longest yard. 
Yeah. Like just, I mean, don't actually break somebody's neck. Like be, you know, like, right. Like I don't want anybody to get hurt, but like have that mentality, like have a fight, like be a, what did we talk about the other picture the, the other day? Like those x-ray pictures with the dog in the chest. I need to see yes. some dog in this, in these guys. I don't I see any dog right dog now. in anybody's chest. Nope. I don't see any dogs right now. I want to see some dogs. Yeah. Uh, woof. Woof. I want to see not even like a puppy, like maybe a fish. Cause when they're drowning, they manage the water a little bit, but like, it's not intimidating to see a fish in somebody's chest for an expert. You know, like I I need like to a see... big nasty yeah. dog. Yeah. Come like on. I want to see the jewel and everything guys. Yes. Everything. The whole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not Dory. Get Dory out of your chest. Like, come on. <laughs> you're confused for three quarters. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we found it. Like, what do you mean you found it? No. You just now found it. Oh my gosh, Casey, I'm dying. Okay. Please, this is, please, I need a whole other cup of coffee. I'm sorry. Rogers and touchdown fans, let us know. <laughs> Who's your walk the plank? What do you mm -hmm. want to see? You can let us know at Jolly Rogers TDS on both Twitter and Instagram. And of course, like we said, we will have three episodes for you this week. They will be coming out soon. It's a little bit of a weird schedule, but we still have all of the episodes for you. Stay tuned Friday. We will have a preview for you. So continue to listen. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can follow me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can follow her at the sports case. You can find Jolly Rogers and touchdowns on the Odyssey app. Be sure to download the app, find Jolly Rogers and touchdowns and turn on the auto download button. Anytime we have a new podcast, it will come straight to you waiting for you. The latest and greatest in Bucks football. We will see you guys next time.